Hey, Shelby Christian. I'm Rob Minton, the Executive Director of Crossroads Missions, and I am excited to be out here in Shelby County at the future site of our two new homes. Uh, we are directly uh, behind the Kroger Shopping Center, uh, just down the street from Ural's Church. Uh, the house directly behind me is going to be the Habitat Home. We actually built those walls in your parking lot a few months ago, and we are really excited to see that they are about to go up. Uh, you all have been a fantastic partner of Crossroads Missions. We have so enjoyed being in your community this year. Uh, we just recently completed six tiny homes with Veterans Village. We're now beginning to wrap up the community center. Uh, we have a number of other remodeling projects that are taking place locally, and we have just found a real home here in Shelbyville. Uh, I hope that next year, more of you can come out and join us on our job sites as we continue to engage the community uh, and we help the community to see the church is alive, well, and active right here in Shelby County. Again, we can't do what we do without fantastic partners like you at Shelby County Christian Church. And thank you again so much for all that you do for us and the work that we do here. Well, good morning. Uh, I was shaking my head because literally I ran by there yesterday and I saw these two lots. I had no idea uh, what those lots were for and who was using them. But that's how God works. Sometimes you wake up and it's like, man, what is in store for us? What is the surprise? Happy uh, New Year's and Merry Christmas to you all. We are glad that you're here. Let's stand up and worship together and get things going.
those who are scratching their head, no, that's not Ethan. That's our good friend Luke. And this morning we have Mark Jones coming to speak. And I absolutely love this Sunday of every year because it's the last of the year and the start of another. And for some of us, this next year coming up is going to be routine. Even after this entire year, which has been chaos, chaos has become normal. It's become mundane. It's become common. And look back with the Last Supper. They didn't know it was going to be the Last Supper. Jesus said to his disciples, Hey, move forward. Go prepare a room. Prepare a meal for Passover. And a lot of them were thinking, It's just going to be another Passover. They were actually arguing, Man, when's all this stuff going to come to an end? When's this Messiah that we've been hearing about really going to come to the forefront and take over. And even as Jesus is giving instructions in and is informing them, listen, this is my last Passover. They're still arguing and bitterness. Who among us is going to be the greatest? Even the ones who are closest to Jesus, physically, who could reach out and touch Him. It was just another day. It was going to be just another year. And I love this Sunday because I know what Mark is going to bring to the table. It's always a challenge. It's always an opportunity. So as we take communion, is it just another Sunday? Is 2021 just going to be another year? Or as Dave challenged us Thursday night, are we going to point people? Are we going to move things out of the way? Are we going to become uncomfortable? So people can become comfortable in that water. This is my body. This is my blood. Not just for a normal year, but for eternity. Maybe something special as we go into the new year. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you because you're not ordinary. You're not routine. You're not the same as. You're constantly evolving and changing and revealing and showing your love in unique ways each and every day. May we never forget this. May we never forget the sacrifice that was given for us not to just go through the motions, not just to have another day, but to live out, to express, to share, to enjoy the love that you've shown and have given to us. All these things I ask in your name we pray. Amen. Goodness 
Thank you for mercy. Thank you for the gift of salvation. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can have a seat. Isaiah was there to warn the people that because of their sin, God was going to punish the nation. That the the Babylonians were going to come in, they were going to take the people into exile. And in chapter 8 of Isaiah, he talks about distress, hunger, darkness, and gloom. 
distress, hunger, darkness, and gloom. Then in chapter 9, Isaiah turns a corner. He says, in spite of all of this, Judah will be humbled, and yet in the future, God will honor Galilee of the Gentiles. Galilee is the northern part of Israel. Think about towns like Nazareth, Cana, all the towns where Jesus preached around the Sea of Galilee. That's where Jesus came from. See, 700 years after Isaiah, God honored Galilee just like he said he would by sending his son there. In Isaiah 9-2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You know, there is something profound about seeing a light in the distance when you're standing in the dark. I was hunting out at Dave's a few weeks ago. We hadn't been seeing anything in our usual spots, so we decided to branch out a little bit. So he took me over in his four-wheeler to an area I don't usually go to. He dropped me off there. He told me how easy it would be for me to find my way back. Now, there are two things that you need to understand. First of all, Dave and Linda live on 100 acres in the middle of nowhere in Henry County. They have a gravel driveway that's over a mile long. And the second thing you need to know is that there is a gap in my genetic makeup. And God did not give me that sense of direction gene that most normal people have. I get off the highway to get gas. Gail makes sure I get back on the highway going the right direction. I mean, I'm just terrible. So I sat in the woods for a couple hours. And the whole time down at the bottom of the hill there, there was an opening in the trees. And I knew that was the driveway. So even though he brought me in a different way, I'll just walk down to the driveway. I'll walk up. It'll be a lot easier that way. So it's starting to get dark. It's too late to take a shot or anything. So I walk down to what's supposed to be the driveway, and it's a creek bed. It's not the driveway at all. So I turn around. I go back the way I came, and nothing's looking familiar at all at this point, okay? Now, just in case you're getting nervous, I want you to know that I got out, okay? I don't want you to be sitting there worried like maybe I was lost forever. I I really did get out. And to be honest, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I wasn't so confused that I wouldn't have been able to walk in a direction and eventually come to something. And I did have my cell phone with me. This was not the kind of survival story they make movies about, okay? I mean, it was just me bumbling along in the dark. But I stumbled around for a while. And all of a sudden, I came up to a little rise. And there were the lights to the house. And even though it really wasn't that harrowing of an experience, there's just something that's so comforting about seeing the lights. And and, and I was just drawn there. I, I couldn't have gone in another direction if I wanted to because they just sort of pulled me in. You know how that works. You're standing in the dark. You're not sure where you are, and you see a light, and that just becomes the key focus. There's something there. It, it's, it's hope, it's, it's safety, it's assurance, it's home. Isaiah talked about distress, hunger, darkness, and gloom. All things that we are pushing through right now. Maybe distress for you is over the pandemic. Or maybe it's the protest and all you're watching on the news every day. Maybe it's some loss in your life that's been crushing for you. You know, hunger for you might be for food. But maybe maybe in 2020 it's been a hunger for companionship. For conversation. For a hug. Darkness and gloom will... Most of us will say that pretty well sums up 2020. And i got to be honest with you, I'm not sure 2021 is going to solve a whole lot when we just turn the page on the calendar. Face is, I mean, face it, there's not really going to be sweeping global answers on January 1st, at least not when it comes to the things that dominate the news. But friends, listen to me. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Back in chapter 7, Isaiah said that a virgin would conceive, a child would be born, he would be Emmanuel, which means God with us, God walking among us. And so Isaiah talks about a baby being born, He says, a light is coming, and then he declares things like, the land will be blessed, God will increase their joy, 
It will be like a bountiful harvest. The oppressors are going to be history. Even the soldiers, he says, are going to burn their hobnailed boots and their bloody uniforms. Why? Because God's light has come into the world. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Why do you suppose that Isaiah uses light to characterize this child who's going to be born? What does light imply? Well, it suggests clarity, for one thing. You see better when the lights are on. My wife, Gail, and I like to hang out with our neighbors next door. Now, we socially distance with them, but, but we sit on their back porch and we watch movies out there because they've got a, got a TV on the wall under their, you know, their porch. And, and now that it's gotten cold, we actually get electric blankets and we still sit out there and watch movies together. We did that in a 30 degrees just, uh, just a week or so ago. But it's been several weeks ago now. We have actually cut a path between their hay field and we've got, we call it the woods. We've planted a lot of little trees. It's going to be wood someday. And we've cut a path through there so it's an easy walk to their house. And I was coming back in the dark and Gail was not with me. I was by myself and I'm, I'm coming back. But I kind of know the landmarks enough. It was pitch dark, but I, I, I knew where I was. And all of a sudden an animal ran right across the path in front of me. I mean, right across the path. It was smaller than a deer, larger than a bread box, okay? I'm not exactly sure what it was, but um, I did not want to step on it, okay? Because I'm thinking possum, groundhog, skunk, and none of those really sounded like something that I wanted to have an encounter with. So I'm fishing in my pocket. I get out my phone, and all of a sudden everything changes because I can see the path in front of me. There is a clarity that comes with light, The light of Christ, listen, the light of Christ brings clarity into our lives. You're making a big decision. Maybe it's a financial decision. Maybe it's a relationship decision of some kind. Maybe it's a moral or ethical choice that you're confronted with. And Jesus, his life, his teachings, what we find recorded in Scripture, bring clarity. We are, listen, we are better deciders when we are living in the light of Jesus. Maybe you're struggling right now with how you see yourself. It could be a pride thing, but it's more likely, at least the people that I encounter, people struggle with crippling shame and with guilt and regret. The light of Christ exposes the lies of Satan. God says that his grace is bigger than our mess. That he loves us. He wants what's best for us. We are his pride and joy. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Brings clarity. You know what? It also represents goodness. You see the, the brilliance of new fallen snow. You think purity. You see the mud and muck of a pig sty. You think filth. There are obvious contrasts in nature that point to good and bad, good versus evil. What do you think about light and darkness? Darkness is the opposite of light. Spaces that are totally comfortable in the light can suddenly feel sinister in the dark. The Bible says that people do things in the dark that they would never do in the light. That darkness covers up evil while light exposes it. The Bible says that we're to have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Jesus' life radiated goodness. It's why he's the light of the world. I mean, you see it in how he dealt with people, how he defended the weak, how he confronted the corrupt, how he befriended the down and out, how he always stood for justice and for truth. Jesus brought light into the darkness by showing us how to live. He modeled goodness. Now, still further, light represents truth. In my junior year of high school, about 80 years ago, it feels like, I ran cross country because I wanted to earn a letter in a sport. Now, it wasn't any good. I tried hard. I I ran my guts out. I think the coach felt sorry for me. I'd been in a wreck, and I had some back trouble at that time. And, man, I just, you know, everybody was on the bus and showered by the time I finished the race. I mean, I just don't want any good. But I earned a letter at the end of the season. Now, I only ran cross-country one season because there were other things I was better at and more interested in. For instance, I lettered all four years 
in academics. Not the coolest letter that you can earn. There were not cheerleaders lining up to go out with me because of my academic letters, okay? I'm just saying. Probably been more useful to me in the long run than cross country. But here's the deal. You get, you earn a letter in school, in football or basketball. Do you know what they put on your letter? A football or a basketball. You earn a letter in cross country. They put a little pair of shoes with wings. The wings were stretched for me, but they, they had it on my letter. If you earn a letter in academics, do you know what they put on that? Oh, you don't know? You didn't get one? Sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They put a lamp because a lamp represents light, which represents knowledge, which represents truth. Light reveals. In the dark, things are kind of murky, hard to distinguish. You turn the light on, and all of a sudden, you're in a better position to learn and to grow and to discover. We talk about shedding light on a subject. It means that we reveal what's true. Friends, if Jesus is the light, and if he tells us to walk in the light, and we are encouraged in Scripture to not hide the light, and we're told to seek the light and be the light and share the light, then that suggests to me that the light of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, must be the most important thing, our highest priority. I mean, you think about it. If we really believe what we say we believe about heaven and hell, about sin and salvation, about punishment and about grace, man, why would we not want to shine that light? Why would we not want to share that truth if we really care about people? It's like we get to turn the light on for somebody else. I mean, that might be as involved as sharing with somebody about what Christ has done in your life. There's a time and place for that. But it might be as simple as just inviting somebody to church or sending them a link to one of your online services. It might be posting a Christian song on your Facebook page or offering to pray for somebody who's going through a hard time. Jesus is the light. And we can point people to that light. Why would we not want to let that shine? The people, listen, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Man, are you getting this? If you don't have Jesus, you're in the dark. There's a shadow that's hanging over your head. I'm not saying you're stupid or that you're uneducated. I'm just saying that there's a darkness that's pervasive There's a dread of death, a fear of the unknown. But Jesus turns the light on. Now, there are still unknowns, but the things that really matter start to become more clear. And then listen to what Isaiah says next. After the distress, hunger, darkness, and gloom, he says in verse 2, a light is dawning. He offers words of comfort and hope there, but it's not until verse 6 that he tells us who the light is. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A counselor is the one who offers wisdom and guidance, but he's not just a counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. He's full of wonder. In fact, he's the Mighty God. This child to be born is going to be God and man, divine and human. He's he's the Everlasting Father. You know, because we see from the perspective of the New Testament... We think about God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. We kind of, we don't understand the Trinity, but at least we grasp the concept. But that would have been foreign to Isaiah's audience in the Old Testament. There's no concept of the Trinity. So when he stresses that this child is going to be the Father, he is saying this child is God. If you have a loving father or if you had a loving father, then you have had a glimpse of our perfect father in heaven. But man, if you have 
or have had a really lousy picture of what a dad's supposed to be growing up, maybe abusive, maybe immoral, maybe just absent. The Lord is the father you've always longed for. I have a friend who's a pastor, and his dad was physically, emotionally, verbally abusive. He had no concept growing up of what a loving father was supposed to look like. But I was talking to him just the other day. He said, you know, when I came to Christ, it changed everything about my view of fatherhood. My understanding of what a father's supposed to be. Now he's in a church teaching men how to be good dads. And he said to me, Mark, my daughters will never go through what I went through. Because that is not who I am. Because he understands now what it means to be a father. The Lord is the everlasting father in the best sense of the word. And he's the prince of peace. He brings peace to our hearts, if not to our circumstances. And one day he promises perfect peace. With him forever. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Does it occur to you that darkness isn't really a thing? It's kind of like how nothing isn't really a thing. I mean, nothing, the word is a noun, but it's no thing. That's what the word means. No thing. Nothing, right? I mean, it's nothing. Darkness is not a thing. Darkness is the absence of a thing. Darkness is the absence of light. God didn't create darkness. It just was. He created the light to overcome the darkness. And you know what? There are people kind of metaphorically, symbolically, who who just, they just kind of feel like everything's dark. There's just no such thing as light. Their life is dark. It must be dark everywhere. Or maybe they assume that the light once was there, but evil has just gotten so strong, so pervasive, the light's just gone. But friends, I'm telling you, just because the light is obscured doesn't mean that it's gone. Just because the light is hidden doesn't mean it's not there. You know, I really enjoy photography. So a few weeks ago, I met a friend of mine at Bernheim Forest down near where I live, and we just went to shoot the fall color. Here's one of my favorite pictures from that from that trip. Let me ask you something. Do you know what the sun would have looked like that evening if it had been storming? It would have looked just like that. It would have looked it would have been just as warm, just as powerful just as bright even if there had been clouds blocking it from view now i might not have been able to see it the same way but the sun would not have changed it was still right there it happens every day one minute the sun is there and then a few minutes later a few hours later it goes out of view for a little while but it's not gone I was thinking about Adam and Eve on their very first day. Can you imagine? I mean, they're they're in the Garden of Eden, and it's like everything is new and fresh, and the sun is shining, and it's glorious. And all of a sudden, the sun starts to go down. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Where's that light going? Is it gone? Is it ever going to come back? Eve, what did you do? I mean, you know, they're like, what, what's happening? But you know what? A few hours later, it came back. The light's not gone just because we can't see it. Just because the light is obscured doesn't mean it's not there. Just because it's hidden doesn't mean that it's gone. And friends, on many different levels, the light has been hidden this year. Medically, it's been a tough year. Politically, relationally, morally, racially financially it has been and let's just be honest it's been a dark year but just because you can't see god working doesn't mean he stopped working just because the light is hidden doesn't mean it's not there that's the bottom line today i like to have a bottom line every week so here we go just because the light is hidden doesn't mean it's not there Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He didn't say the world would never be a dark place. 
He said that we would never walk in darkness. And to be fair, it's not like you become a Christian and Jesus turns the floodlights on and you can just see the entire path in front of you. It's not like everything suddenly becomes crystal clear. What it means is Jesus is going to walk with you now. And it's like he has a flashlight. And yeah, the world's a dark place, but he's going to help you find your way. And you will not walk in darkness because his light is more powerful than any darkness the world can throw at us. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So one tradition of Christmas is Christmas lights. We see them in store windows, churches, people's front yards. But it all began with the light of the world. God sent his son into the dark to shine the light. And you know, every year at Christmas, we do a Christmas Eve candlelight service. I mean, I I love that service. And every year that I've done that service, the last song we have sung every year has been Silent Night. I mean, it's just, it's just what you do. I've done it for over 30 years. And did you know, I mean, I mean, really way into my adulthood, there was a line in the song Silent Night that I misunderstood. Now, when I was little, there were other lines that I misunderstood. Holy infant, so tender and mild. I thought it was holy infant so, and I didn't know what an infant so was, so that line kind of confused me. I have a friend who said that round yon virgin always got her. She thought it was round John virgin, and it's like, why are we singing about fat John, and why does his sexual abstinence mean anything? You know, I mean, it was just weird. But anyway, the line in the song that always kind of tripped me up is this. In the last verse, it says, silent night, holy night, son of God loves pure light. And, and I would sing that, sing it every year. And I always assumed it meant that God's son loves light. Son of God loves pure light. Man, no darkness for him, no serene, because he loves light. He loves pure light. And then one day I noticed the apostrophe. Son of God loves pure light. That God's son is the pure light of God's love. Jesus radiates the love of God. And that's why he brings clarity and goodness and truth because he's the light. And that's what light does. The prophet Isaiah told us this 700 years before Christ. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. My friends, Chad and Kim Taylor understand what it means to live in the land of the shadow of death. Chad and Kim are great people and great parents. They have a great family. I could not respect anybody more than Chad and Kim Taylor. And the Taylor's 15-year-old daughter, Sarah, spent well over a year in a major battle with osteosarcoma cancer. And Gail and I followed their story on Facebook this year as they walked that long road together. She spent months in Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis and she painted signs while she was there. Signs like, God has much bigger plans than we had for ourselves. Remember this, he will always fight our battles. I think that God places a special gift of courage in our heart to handle every experience we don't think we can get through. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to give you hope and a future. And man, I love this one. He took something so destructive in my life and turned it into my purpose. Just before COVID hit this year, the church up in Indiana where they attend did a worship concert one Friday night. And it turned out kind of last minute, Sarah got out of the hospital and she was able to come. And she and her mom sang a song that night with their worship pastor at the church. And I want you to watch a portion of that song and then we're going to wrap up. Take a look at this.
Death has no hold on me because your grace holds me now. I don't want to put words in Sarah's mouth, but based on everything I saw in her and read about her, Sarah would have told you that she won her battle with cancer last September. The man, when she went to heaven, it's not like she lost the fight. Cancer was her journey to glory. It makes those signs that she painted even more poignant, I think. God took something so destructive in my life and turned it into my purpose. Sarah planned her own funeral. She planned every part of it, the music, the message, everything. She told people what to wear. No black was allowed at her funeral. Bright colors only. Oh, and don't talk about me too much, she said. My friends from school are going to be there. I want you to talk about Jesus. They did an outdoor funeral service because of COVID. And something happened directly overhead. And I want to tell you how my friend Dan described it on Facebook. He said there was one little detail about Sarah's funeral that she must have forgotten. So at the last minute, she had an airplane out of Cincinnati leave a couple minutes late. And one out of St. Louis lift off a little early. And during the service, this is what happened overhead. And the jet trails made a giant cross and it turned a field into a cathedral. You probably noticed I had on some glow stick bracelets today. Sarah gave those out at the funeral or had her family do it. And when they gave out the glow sticks, I don't know if you know how these work or not, but you have to bend them and they crack and... Then it releases the chemicals and they start to glow. And there was a little card with the sticks that said, we break and then we shine. Fifteen years old, she was wise beyond her years. Friends, I want you to listen to me. 2020 has been dark for a lot of reasons. Some of you have walked through the valley of the shadow of death this year. I 
Truth is, you're going to take the Christmas lights down in a few days, maybe a couple weeks. Maybe they're already down. The cold of January is going to seep in under the door because that's the way the year goes. But I don't want you to forget the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. And just because the light is hidden doesn't mean it's not there. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are the light. That you sent Jesus, the light of the world. And that even though the world can be a dark place, we don't walk in darkness if we have surrendered to you. So we thank you for the clarity that you bring into our lives. We thank you for the the goodness. Thank you for the truth. And for those here today, perhaps, who have never surrendered to you, Lord, for those who have needed to take that step of faith and haven't taken it yet, my prayer is that maybe today, maybe today, because starting 2021 with Jesus makes all the difference. And for the rest of us, Lord, those that we have been walking with you, but maybe it's just, it's been so oppressive, so heavy, we've allowed ourselves to kind of get stuck in some shadows. God, reveal your light to us again today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand sing. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am waiting, I will see of the goodness of God. All my life. Thank you guys for uh, for being here today. Wow. Um, here, here's what I'm just uh, thinking. Uh, you guys probably know someone that needs to hear this message. 
Uh, you can't probably get them here at 10 o'clock, but you can come back with them at 1130. So maybe you need to message someone. Maybe you need to text someone. Maybe you need to go wake someone up <laughs> and say, hey, come on, let's go. And you come back with them at 1130 uh, because they need to hear that message. Thanks for being here today. If you're new, uh, checking us out for the very first time, there's an I'm New Wall uh, out in the lobby, and there's some folks out there that would love to say hello uh, and give you a, a gift and answer any questions you might have about the church. Hey, you guys, have an incredible week. Happy New Year, and we'll see you back here next weekend.